welcome, welcome, welcome to everybody's favorite cinema podcast, Looking California and Feeling Minnesota. My name is Michael McCaffrey. I'm the Looking California portion of the program. I'm a, a writer and an acting coach in sunny Southern California sometimes. And I am joined by the number one ranked Minnesota in the entire Great Lakes state. His name is Barry Anderson. Barry, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, I'm a, a director um, and a, a, an opinionated storyteller that likes to get together and um, either praise great movies or rip apart mediocre movies and roll my eyes at terrible movies. Uh, and so it'll be fun to see, uh, you know, where we end up here today. <laughs> oh, we got a big one for everybody. Now, everybody has to understand this is this podcast has been years in the making. It is the biggest podcast in the history of podcasts. And we haven't even finished it yet. We just started. We're going to be talking all things The Batman. The new movie came out on last Thursday. Um, it's written and directed by Matt Reeves. It stars Robert Pattinson as the caped crusader with supporting uh, roles from Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, Jeffrey Wright, John Turturro, Peter Sarsgaard, Andy Serkis, Colin Farrell whole bunch and uh oh boy i'd give the sort of breakdown of this movie the plot it's sort of i think it's year two of batman's crime fighting in gotham and the bad news is it's not going real well crime is way up in gotham but batman is scaring the hell out of, out of criminals but he's he's beating people up but it's just not going well and then a series of murders start. The, the first day of this movie is Halloween. And I think for the, it covers the next week or so. And uh, there's a bunch of murders and Batman has to solve them. And that's the movie. <laughs> there's a bunch of other things there. I'm trying to avoid spoilers. Um, I, I was going to say, I think we just have to let people know when we get into this, there's going to be spoilers. So if, it, if you want to go into this movie completely kind of blind yeah. i i don't know if they should listen to this first I, I agree i agree without without spoilers We're, there there will be some spoilers so everybody who hasn't seen the movie or if, if you don't care about spoilers uh you can stay if you haven't if you do care about spoilers you should just go see the movie and then come listen um so the movie uh very hyped um came out last thursday has a budget of $200 million. And thus far worldwide, it's brought in 254 million, which, you know, opening weekend, pretty good. Uh, not bad, not bad. Yeah, it's not Spider-Man No Way Home, but it's, it's pretty good for a three hour movie. The movie's three hours long. Um, and this movie is not connected to any other of the uh, DC uh, films or universes. It's like starting over, they're sort of rebooting everything. And since we're gonna do spoilers, I'll just tell you who's playing who. So Robert Pattinson, of course, is Bruce <laughs> Wayne and Batman. Uh, Zoe Kravitz is Selena Kyle slash Catwoman. Paul Dano is uh, the Riddler. Uh, Jeffrey Wright play, plays uh, James Gordon. Uh, John Turturro, Carmine Falcone, who's a mob boss. And Peter Sarsgaard is uh, Gotham's district attorney. Andy Serkis plays Alfred everybody's favorite uh, butler and Colin Farrell plays the penguin. So a whole bunch of Batman stuff going on in here. 
the film is uh, inspired. It's not, it's not really based on, but it's inspired by the comics Year One and The Long Halloween and Ego, which span, Year One came out in 87, The Long Halloween in 97, and Ego in 2000. Um, I've read those three comics. They're terrific. So I, I recommend if you want to go all things Batman, you should do it. And uh, here's the interesting thing about this movie. It's going to be on HBO Max in April. That fast? Yes, that fast. Right? Sort of interesting. Interesting approach. And who knows what... uh, God knows the people at Warner Brothers have no clue what they're doing. But maybe they'll stumble into success with this. I have no idea. Um, But I'm excited because that means if I want to watch it as many times as I want, I can. So, Barry, The Batman, highly anticipated film. It's it's a it's a big thus far blockbuster. Um, Matt Reeves wrote and directed it. Everything bingo bango bungo. What do you think of the Batman, Barry? I'm going to recap for people who didn't listen to our last podcast where we teased, um, yeah. and our both of us agreed upon the fact that we didn't know what to expect going into this movie. Mm-hmm. Our 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 realistic hope was: could this movie be good enough? to warrant a sequel. So whatever flaws are in this movie can be massaged and made better a la, you know, the Dark Knight franchise where, you know, the second movie was kind of the pinnacle of that series. And had we gotten cutting off right at Batman Begins, we wouldn't have realized the greatness that that was there. Um, So with that said, it's hard to go in. And I'll say this, as soon as I heard that this was being rebooted, because you know that the major IP will all be always be rebooted. Matt Reeves, you and I have talked about from his work on the the re- most recent Planet of the Apes. Very exciting director that has some some mojo going, but also you know, if you look at his overall resume, there's potential for some. You know, it's not it's not like the wonder kid where everything he's touched has been gold. So there's reason for enthusiasm, but also not without some, some pause. Um, Robert Pattinson was not very well received as a casting. I think that most people like to bag on him for the twilight series um, and have ignored some of his more interesting work over the last 10 years or so. With that said, he is no Leonardo DiCaprio. He's no Christian Bale, you know, on the on the scale of popularity and or perceived acting chops. So not a not a bulletproof choice. And I want to remind people that when Christian Bale was cast, he was not a bulletproof choice as well. As a matter of fact, I don't think there's ever been a Batman cast that has been a bulletproof um, choice, with the exception of when uh, Ben Affleck was cast. Um, he was universally just, that was a terrible idea. So the world united around a terrible idea. Otherwise, usually these are show me and then I'll tell you whether or not I like it. Um, so that's kind of setting up how we went into the movie. So you want me to give you my, I mean, th- this movie's three well, hours. It's it, really hard to distill it down to one like opinion. It is three hours. Now, before we go on, I just want to alert viewers. I should have done this at the listeners. I should have done this at the beginning. So we're going to talk the movie, The Batman. And then after that, we are going to talk all things Batman. We are going to flesh out our feelings about the entire last, what, what is it, 30 years of Batman movies that we've watched. We're going to tell you what our favorite Batman movies are, our favorite Batmans, our favorite villains, 
So stick around for that. Now, yes, this is a three-hour movie. This is the Batman. My question to you is, you had your, because you're right, last time we talked, it was like, look, I just want it to be good enough that there's another one. Is it good enough that there's another one? I don't think it matters what I think. I think making almost $300 million in opening weekend guarantees there will be another one. I don't, I don't think it stubbed its toe so bad that there won't be another one. Um, in terms of my general reaction, this is a very strange movie to put a finger on. And I can, we'll, we'll discuss more why. I don't think this is a Batman that mass audiences are going to fall in love with. I think you're going to get some huge Batman fans that know the comics well, that are really going to enjoy it. I think there's been a dearth of movies that marry art with commerce. And I think this is as close as we've gotten in a while. So I think you're going to get kind of a, a, a loving group that can be like, I went and saw a movie that had IP that is for like kids, but it was an adult movie and I liked it because of the art. And then you're going to have a whole bunch of people that are like, oh, I've seen Batman before. I like that. And they're going to walk into this movie and walk out like cursing and spitting at the walls and furious and telling everyone not to go see it. So this is a very polarizing movie, in my opinion, both from the group that I watched it with and watching some of the early responses of non-spoilers online of, okay, who's liking this? Who's like, what the hell just happened? Um, and so it's not, this is definitely not a safe choice. This is not a, a Spider-Man where, you know, throw it, you know, they didn't get Michael Keaton. They didn't get Val Kilmer. They didn't get uh, George, George Clooney to make appearances. This is, uh, they're blazing their own trail. And uh, I'm still not 100% settled in what I think about the movie. Um, <laughs> it, it, I'm confused by the movie. So I'll, I'll get into it more, but I think mine's going to go pretty deep. So I'll let you kind of respond with your initial reactions and then we can start to, to dive deeper. Okay. So... I went to the first screening uh, on the day it opened. And uh, it was about half full. Now, when I went and saw the Spider-Man movie, it was packed, absolutely sold out, whole thing. Um, so this was half full. So I, I was like, oh, this is interesting. Uh, the movie itself, um, I had all the same expectations as you. I wasn't sure about Robert Pattinson. Um, I, I really enjoyed Matt Reeves' Planet of the Apes movies a great deal. I thought the final one, War for the Planet of the Apes, was, was just a masterpiece. Um, Pattinson has grown on me in the last few years uh, for the choices he's made and, and the work he's done. Um, but I was, I was definitely hesitant about it. I, did, I just didn't know where it would go. And then I saw the movie and I thought, wow, this is crazy. Because this movie is a superhero movie where the superhero is, it's completely incidental that there's a superhero in it. Like this movie is, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, pretty deeply. It's basically seven, Fincher's seven and, and Zodiac, except Batman is the protagonist. And it doesn't, you like, the fact that he's Batman has no relevance in the movie. He, he, like you could have Bruce Willis solving this crime. And I was like, wow, that's pretty crazy. But I was absolutely mesmerized by it. And I really appreciated the fact that 
I remember. I can't. I can't remember what what episode we were talking about it, but we were talking about what we'd want to see from DC and in, in the sort of war with Marvel. And I said, look, you you got to find somebody to hand the keys over to, and then you got to get out of the way. And one and the person I said was, look, the dream scenario is David Fincher. Imagine David Fincher making a Batman movie, and now I don't have to imagine it. Here's a David Fincher Batman movie. It's not quite as uh, as as well made as like a Fincher film would be, um, but it's it's definitely Fincher adjacent, and I really appreciated that. I thought the film is definitely there are flaws to it that you have to overlook. Um, it's constrained in some ways by the genre, the fact that it has to be PG thirteen. I think seriously hurt, harms the film. Because if this were a Fincher film, it's much more brutal. The violence is more gruesome. And it also, that matters, right? That, that makes the story more impactful, the myth and the archetype, archetype of Batman more impactful. So my bottom line with the film was uh, I really enjoyed it. And I was really happy they made it. I feel the same as you about it in terms of its success. I think it's going to have this big opening weekend when I wrote about it um, on Friday. I said, you know, I think it'll have a big opening weekend, but then I think word of mouth is not going to be great because you're right. People who read the comic books are going to love this. I, I read the comic books. I loved it. Um, but you're not going to get the Spider-Man No Way Home type audiences. You're not going to get that much repeat business. And the fact that it's three hours long, you can't do that many screenings. Right. So you're it's a bit limited in what, what it can do. But I, I really loved it. And to me, this is the type of superhero movie I want to see. And I think DC is smart in going in this direction because it's so counter to Marvel. Just absolutely, completely counter to what they do. And you just have to do that. You have to plant your flag in, in this hill and just be like, here we are. <laughs> Love it or leave it. <laughs> we'll see you around. So those are my thought, my, my generic thoughts. on. I don't even know how to respond because there were so many things that warrant a response that <laughs> we can get <laughs> off the rails so quickly. But I don't know if you watched the same movie I did. If you think this was anywhere near a David Fincher movie, we were in different theaters because David Fincher is a masterclass. Not only, yeah. not only in the structure, not in, a, I mean, if you gave Matt Reeves, make me a movie about the founding of Facebook, that movie's a train wreck. Like Fincher can elevate stuff that shouldn't be elevated. Fincher yeah. also has, is, is seemingly more often than not done his casting really, really well. Um, a few missteps. I've not seen um, uh, his version of the girl with the dragon tattoo, but I, I didn't. I think I think there was some miscasting there, but by and large, his casting's pretty good. Matt Reeves. I do agree with you that it's adjacent to a Fincher type movie, but yeah. I feel we talk about this all the time that this is a movie with more more un unfulfilled potential than fulfilled potential and i think there's such a pent-up need for a movie like this i think that people who are 
fans of the material are going to be rounding up. And I think there's a, a method mm-hmm. of that because I'm not, I don't read the comics. I love people like Fincher. So I don't need a popcorn movie um, in order to be entertained. However, I'm going to still kind of hold, hold court on what did and didn't work. And I think, I think Matt Reeves bit off more than he could chew with this movie. And I think, again, I, if I was a studio, I think there's enough having some discussions that this could grow into something pretty special, but I also think it could literally fall off a cliff and could be, I think the returns after this opening weekend are going to diminish very quickly. Um, I think it's going it, to, it's going to, the word of mouth is not going to be overly positive. And I think it, this is a sort of movie that if you come out with a sequel in two years, Someone could be like, yeah, first movie opened at 130 million. And this time it opened at 45 million. You're like, whoa, what happened? Uh, Because there's like almost like a blowback, like the expectation was too high and then it was different enough and whatnot. I mean, I remember coming out of the original um, Tim Burton Batman and I was not prepared for the dark and it was so jarring to me what my expectations were. It took me quite a while before I'm like, okay, well, there's merit to this movie. It doesn't have to be what was in my head, (laughs) but I think there was enough in the Tim Burton movie to appeal to a broader mass than what's in the Batman. The Batman is, it almost paints itself into too narrow of a corner. And I'm very curious. I know you said that they need to plant their flag. Um, Well, DC needs to make a ton of money. I wouldn't necessarily stake my flag (laughs) in the non revenue generating portion of diminishing returns. I mean, how many, great directors are is will a studio allow come in spend two three hundred million dollars on their own vision that doesn't have mass broad appeal that will guarantee to make a billion dollars that's very small and you need to be able to appeal to the true filmmakers that make these movies better and i think the the genius about marvel is they they aren't the all-time great movies but they feed the soul of the people that are their bread and butter and i don't think DC does that well I don't think they feed the soul I think this is that it's been bad for so long that there's a glimmer of hope so people are like yes but it's not if you step back kind of without those those color of how bad DC's been there there are problems with this that could potentially torpedo them in the long run and so it's just been interesting for me to kind of think through you know what 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 are the problems can they be solved and where where is the where's the growth for this franchise yeah you know i I see what you're saying i would just say um yeah and and like i said it's it's fincher adjacent so this is matt reeves doing david fincher and he's not david fincher correct he he just isn't nobody is david fincher is one of the great filmmakers of our time and maybe of all time um tremendous tremendous talent uh, and, and craftsmen. But what I mean by that is that Reeves created, and we should get into this just in terms of the aesthetic of the film. So this Gotham that the film takes place in is very distinct. And it feels like the sort of city uh, where Seven takes place. You know, it's like this shithole. It's raining all the time. The sun is never out, by the way. There's no daytime shots in this film. The only time the sun is seen is either at dusk or at dawn. Um, So he's setting a mood. 
And the aesthetic of the film, I really enjoyed. And there were some beautiful shots in it. Um, I, I really dug the Batmobile, which is, is a trite thing to say, but that is one of the most badass Batmobiles I've ever seen. And I'm all in on the new Batmobile. Um, so I, I, what I mean by the Fincher film, it's, it's the aesthetic. It's the Fincher aesthetic that is there. Is it as, as crafted as, as Fincher would make it? No, of course not. Um, in terms of the script and the, the arc of the story, uh, I agree with you. I think you bit off more than you could chew. It's a bit bloated in areas. I think you could have trimmed a lot down. I think the dialogue, there is a lot of exposition that you know, you're, you're trying to appeal to a wider audience where people who are in the know with this stuff don't need all that exposition. So that's a little frustrating. And the other thing about the Gotham that I really liked, it also felt like the Gotham from uh, Joaquin Phoenix's uh, Joker. See, that's what it felt like to me. You're 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 taking the things you like and attaching other emotions. No, no, I I am, but that's I don't. That's the thing that that appeals to me about the movie is that it's saying, okay, this is the type of where this is the easily the most grounded, quote unquote, realistic superhero movie that's ever been made. That like, if Batman were a real thing, I, this is I, what it would look like. Right? I, I'm going to say, and you're going to hate me for this. I'm sorry, but M. Night Shyamalan made that movie and it's called Unbreakable. That's the most grounded superhero oh, movie of all time. Which is a movie we both love. Yes. I absolutely adore that film. <laughs> it's phenomenal. And no. like, but this is, you know what I mean? This is yeah. as close to that as you can get. And that's an interesting thing to me that like, you know, it's, it's, it's a mystery. It's a detective film noir and sort of, it's not even a superhero movie. It's very weird in that sense. And I like the weirdness of it. And so I, I think you're kind of right, but this is where I keep struggling with the movie. That's what it should have been. But because there's $200 million and I'm sure Matt Reeves didn't have full control over everything, there needed to be Batman moments in this movie. And those Batman moments didn't make the movie better. It made it confusing because he should have been in a lesser bat suit so that it was more his mind and it wasn't like, you know, I'm bulletproof and can jump around and kill everybody like Batman that we know about. It needed to be different where you're like, whoa, because all I kept thinking is like, how dumb are these criminals? Shoot him in the face. They keep shooting him in the shoulder, <laughs> the chest. And I'm like, hey, that one part of his face that is completely reachable at three feet that if you just have your semi-automatic weapon, shoot him, um, Batman's over with. You're like, come on, like, don't make it so easy for the audience to be like, because it's grounded. So you're like reality. What would happen when you're talking Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze? You could do whatever you want because the world's just kind of nonsense and weird anyway. But when you make it in reality, then people go, what would really happen? And I feel like Robert Pattinson was so bulked out in that suit that moving would have been more difficult so it kind of like was like this opposite it's like we want to have the superhero in the grounded but we're not willing to commit to the grounding of it being not as superhero -y yet which would have been more interesting than if he would have upgraded through whatever the series turns out to be and watching that transition but i didn't like that they split the difference and so it's like most of the action sequences i'm like please put me out of my misery because I see these in all movies. Like there's nothing unique, interesting, dynamic about any of the fight scenes. And so it's like, just 
it's called the Batman. I mean, I like the fact that you didn't see a lot of Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Because they were, you know, they were playing that up. But every like every director, every actor, every article ever written on Batman, it's almost impossible to get a performance out of a person in a bat suit because it obscures most of the face, which puts a huge burden. And then if you're going to take away all the emotion, you're going to make it dark and kind of brooding, you're asking for kind of people to be like, well, that was just kind of a wooden performance. You're not really setting up the actor, you know, Robert Pattinson in this case, to shine. And I've said this a thousand times, and I'm like a, 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 a lone drummer in the, in the distance. If you're going to make a movie like this, which is very serious, very dry, very dark, you better have levity or comedic beats throughout. You know, don't make it a comedy, but just don't make it where it's like tonality. It's like, you know, one note the whole time. And they didn't do that. And I think it suffers. I think when you watch some of uh, Christopher Nolan's takes or some, you know, even things like in the Joker, which was super dark, but there's moments of like silliness or funny or kind of like, and this movie had none of that. It was literally play everything flat, everything dry, no emotion, nothing means anything. And it just for three hours, that's a lot. And I, I think that was a mistake in trying to make sure that they weren't kind of compared to other ones. And I don't think it would have been, but I think it was like a scared tactic to, to they wanted to be so distinct. They took out a key element to making the story work better, in my opinion. So what about Pattinson as Batman? What are your your uh, thoughts on on? I mean, Robert. I didn't, I didn't, I kind of the same thing. I don't think he's a bad choice. I don't think he's, the, you know, right now he's not in the, you know, he's not like, hey, he's the best Batman ever. Um, but he, hopefully his story is un, unwritten in its totality. But I, I, I'm going to expand from that. I think that one of my biggest faults of Matt Reeve in this is the casting and the chemistry throughout the entire movie. Because if you take a look at the actual cast, I mean, Jeffrey Wright's great. I'm not a huge Colin Farrell fan, but he's been growing on me. He's made some more interesting choices as he kind of moved out of the, you know, kind of that Hollywood, he's the hot guy. And frankly, I think some of his best work is when he's had some comedic beats. Um, and it would have been pretty interesting to watch that character have some moments of kind of snarkiness or something. Paul Dano has been in movies we've talked about being some of our favorite, like John Turturro. I love Peter Sarsgaard, love. Andy Circus is a strong choice. So he's got this great cast and he got zero performances out of any of them. Like almost everybody in the movie is forgettable. I would say that Paul Dano, you know, is the most compelling, but they covered his face with the weird Leatherman mask the whole time. So mm -hmm. it's all being done. Another masked, you know, it's going to go right back to Bale and Bane, you know, I can't really understand, you know, it, it's, there was, there's just nothing, none of the performances stand out. Like, like none of them are kind of like, wow, that was this, or that was that, or, you know, people go back now and take a look at Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. And there's something there, even if you don't like the movie, if you, even if you didn't like her in the role, you can go back and be like, oh, okay, I can see what they were doing. I don't think they're going to go back to this movie and it's just everything's kind of flat and just, eh. and I feel like, I like to fancy myself as an actor's director. I don't think he gave any of these great people room to do anything to stand out. It was kind of like, let's stay in our safe zone. Just 
stay here. And I, I think there was a horrible miscasting in uh, Zoe Kravitz. I don't, I mean, Robert Pattinson doesn't have a lot of chemistry with women. And then you take a woman that doesn't have a lot of chemistry with men and make them the romantic lead in a movie. Uh, boy, oh boy, could I have cared less about any of their scenes. There was no, no sparks, no interest, no like wanting the two of them to have, you're just like, oh my God, it's almost, it. their relationship felt like Romeo and Juliet where you're like, you're both three years old and you're not emotionally developed enough to be in a relationship. So if you go to your room, you go to your room. And I felt this was like, kind of like that. You're like, you guys aren't ready to like have a relationship, please stop this. And so I just don't think for the talent that was in there, it's kind of like on a certain baseball team or football team, get great players, but if they don't play as a team, you don't win. And I felt like this was for the most part, really great actors that didn't work as a conglomerate group. Yeah, I'll push back. I think Pattinson uh, does a really good job. I think he um, he's an interesting actor in that he fills silence and stillness very well. So he has a very vivid inner life. And I thought he used that well in this film. Uh, Zoe Kravitz, I think, I, I have to say, I didn't really like the storyline of, of the two of them together. Um, I've heard people say, oh, their chemistry is great. I've heard people say it's terrible. I just didn't have any interest in it. I thought Zoe Kravitz on her own as Catwoman was was pretty, um, you know, she's sexy. And, you know, that's, that's important <laughs> in a Catwoman. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't really dig that whole storyline. And so I don't so much blame her. Uh, I think that's part of the fact that could have been trimmed. Um, I won't disagree with that, but think of it this way. When she's plotting, to, you know, double cross and do all these big things. Did you ever believe that she was this mastermind? Like there was nothing about her, but you're like the Catwoman is supposed to be equal to Batman. Right. Like, it's yeah. like, no, that's, both, that's never conveyed. No, it's never conveyed. Like there's never no. a moment where you're like, wow, this woman is like, watch out. Like you're just like, oh, okay. Hmm. Like Batman like Catwoman shines as bright as Batman and that didn't happen at all at this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see that. I, I, I mean, I, I found, I find her to be a, in this movie anyway, she's, she's an appealing screen presence because she's so beautiful. But um, as for Paul Dano, I thought he, he did very well as the Riddler. Well, he's, um, he's, he's the best part of the movie, like in terms yeah. of the performance and like, but like it felt very the same, like, one of the reasons I think people responded to um, the Dark Knight uh, and uh, um, what's his name's portrayal of the Joker is it was like consistent, but it was like all over. Like there'd be yeah. moments where you're like, is he dumb? Is he brilliant? Is he evil? Is he actually like, do I actually agree with the Joker? Like there was so much nuance. And I feel like Paul Dano, the performance was great, but there was nothing for you to kind of go with a journey. Yeah. And to me, I think the biggest to me, I think the biggest failing of the movie is at the end when he's talking to the Batman. And it's like, you know, he's like, oh, you you don't understand the bigger picture. And Batman's just sitting there dumbfounded, like, oh, I figured it out. <laughs> and you're like, no, it's this bigger thing. 
and one of the things that Nolan did really well is like when there was like a kind of a twist, you're like, oh man, this gets even bigger. You you felt the gravity. And I felt like when Batman was there, this was kind of touted like he's the detective. He's the extraordinary detective. And he most of the detecting they showed was like obvious stuff like, oh, there's a dent on the floor. We hear some blood that nobody that's competent saw, but I'm Batman and I saw it. It wasn't like he discovered something, you know, else within that and so he just kind of looked like he kind of half-assed it through the movie and paul dana was in fact smarter than he was and so you didn't get that like again in, in the best movies the villain and the hero at any time either one of them can win or lose and you're just hoping that the cards fall in place where the good guy wins and this felt like at the end like paul dana was like a million light years ahead of batman and so you're kind of like uh, I don't know if I want this as my Batman in the future because I think he's beatable, but beatable because he's not good enough, not because someone is better than him. And if and if the hero gets dinged, you want it because someone else is better than him and you're not sure how to win, not because your hero is like not as good. Yeah, it's interesting that for this first movie, the Batman loses. Spoiler alert, yeah. Batman loses in this <laughs> right? He gets outsmarted by this guy. He's not as smart. Um, but it, he finds his redemption through this defeat, right? He's, which I thought were actually, I, I didn't love maybe the last uh, quarter of the film, but I thought some of that was the most beautiful shots in, in the movie, him with the torch and all that stuff through the water. You know, it's very biblical stuff. Um, but, you know, Batman becomes, he, he's this, I mean, I, I wrote about this. This guy's a fucking psychopath. He's this billionaire who dresses in a bout-out outfit and goes out and beats the shit out of people. I mean, he's a lunatic. And through the film and through this defeat, this humbling uh, defeat, which we can get into sort of the, the interesting part of it is, this is very common in sort of the Batman myth and archetype he and the riddler are the same they're the same right he and the joker in many ways are the same but he and the riddler in this movie are the same the only difference is batman's rich and he's always been rich and the riddler is poor and he's always been poor and that's what is the difference between the two and even catwoman she grew up poor she talks about that with batman and so batman's struggling with this sort of as they say in the movie, which are my jaw drop, his white privilege. <laughs> and so he's struggling with this, but he eventually, through this, the, the machinations of the, the story, he finds redemption and he finds community. So he becomes part of this thing. And of course, the, the imagery of him and you know, his, his lost youth, like, thankfully, they don't go back to, you know, the the pearls being grabbed and the shooting and all thing, but like he's constantly like uh, 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 the mayor's son. You know, the mayor gets killed, and the mayor's son is, you know, finds him, and this hurts Batman because he was the same age when his, he saw his parents killed in front of him, and you know he saves that kid later on, and then he's saving another kid. Uh, at the end of the movie and and like I just felt that stuff worked well for me and 
I enjoyed that. And here's something I want to throw out. I, I will say this as a negative to the film. I agree with you about the action sequences. Um, some of them are interesting anyway. I thought the, I thought the chase, the car chase was, was compelling. Um, I thought the fight sequences, and this is a real burr in my saddle, and, I, and I'm wondering if you noticed it as well. It wasn't just the choreography that was middling. The sound, the sound was subpar. So in those fights, what makes a fight scene great is the sound of the blows on other people. Yeah. So you, you feel it in your bones when you're watching. And that didn't happen here. And I think it needed to happen. And I think that also taps into the PG-13 thing, which neuters the film's power in a lot of ways. Because if you're seeing just the brutality of what the Riddler is doing to people, and the brutality of what Batman does to people. So the guys he beats up on the subway, if you see like some dude's face half crushed in and you see Batman just covered in blood as he's beating the hell out of somebody, you're like, whoa, okay, this is serious business. But they don't do that. And they don't do that because they needed the PG-13. And you think about it in contrast to uh, Joker. Joker's rated R. That movie made over a billion dollars, right? And like, that's the sort of thing you, that Warner Brothers is still too reticent to really go all in. Now, they, they give Reeves as much rope as he can take. He has a three-hour goddamn movie. Right? <laughs> it's, it's not like we're going to get the Snyder cut of this Reeves movie. It would be like eight hours long. But like, they give him that. But I just think the PG-13 hurts and, it, and the, the action sequences are hurt by that as well. I think it's only 50% of it. I think the other, the sound question, you know, obviously they could make it more violent, but then it'd be R. I think because again, they couldn't choose, is this a superhero movie or is this a detective movie that happens to have a superhero in it? So I think they pulled out some of those exaggerated sounds to go away from the superhero movie, but they left the superhero scene in the movie <laughs> So it doesn't work yeah. if you like what you needed to have is like what a real fight would be, which right. ends almost immediately. Someone hits yeah. someone with something hard, they go down and it's over. Not these extended. I'm going to shoot you a million times. I'm going to dangle from the ceiling. Right. It's like they wanted both worlds, but they split it. And the reason that superheroes work is because of all the weird stuff that isn't real. And so yeah. I think that was the problem. In addition to obviously, if they went overly violent, then you'd you'd move into r which is no way they're going to let batman at this point go into the r-rated territory now the other thing i want to throw out there and this this you know this leads into our other discussion that's fine um the batman now this is reeve's first batman we're assuming there'll be at least one more maybe two um <laughs> Here's why I like the movie and why it excites me for the future. And maybe I'm delusional about this, but I remember, I'll just say this. If you measure this against Batman Begins, this is an infinitely better movie than Batman Begins. I disagree. Um, 
But there is reason to be optimistic about the Batman franchise moving forward, but there's also equal concerns. I think one of my favorite sequences in the movie for those that didn't tune out at our two hours, 50 minutes in is his final speech that kind of set up like his realization of like vengeance and what is my role and what kind of that, the moral evolving of what Batman's becoming. That was the gold in the whole story. And they always say in writing, you know, cut into the action, (laughs) cut out before it's over. And I felt when they dropped that, I was like, that's the movie I wanted to see. Like, I don't like, it's like they saved the best to tease the next movie. And you're almost like, well, I know that you tried to seed those in, but that wasn't what this story was because you had so much of Catwoman. You had all these different things to kind of tie up this whole world. And I'm like, no, that was the story that you should have told, which I hope the sequel is. And if it is, and we get rid of things like Catwoman's not in the movie and you actually, you know, spend more time on the Batman character study because the Joker, it was the Joker. It wasn't 953 other people. It was the Joker. And this is the Batman. And it was spread between so many people that I'm like, that's not what this movie should be. They had the template with the Joker. And it's like, again, like I said, I think it was a worriness about making some of these bold choices that if it was a movie, mostly about Batman and he just passed by Catwoman but she wasn't in the movie. People were like, why wasn't she in the movie more? And you're like, because this isn't everybody. That comes in a future one when they come back. Right. It's like yeah. the great Bond movies, he walks through a lobby, talks to one guy and he shows him into a closet where there's a secret gun and he leaves. And what's awesome is 10 movies later when you go back and it's the same actor in the same place, like that's the dude that we saw before. You get excited <laughs> about that. Use that in this world where you can spin off and do things. But I, I felt like they just wanted to give everybody their screen time. And it just watered down what the movie could have been. So it's it's not a bad movie, but it's kind of like it almost shot itself in the foot with how it decided to structure it by, you know, either the demands of the studio or the concerns mm-hmm. of like, how far can we go? And so that's why I'm torn because it's like, it's flawed, but it's not bad. <laughs> but also the parts that are bad, you're kind of like, you should have seen these coming. What, like, how did you miss these things? So it's it's just a very as a study piece, it's almost more fascinating because I can't quite put my finger on it. Yeah, it's it's interesting to me because I, I agree the movie's too busy and, and it needed to have laser focus on the Batman and Riddler. Correct. Like that That's... needed to be the thing. And yes, I agree that, that and I don't think it's just the Catwoman part of it, but I think the 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 whole gotham mob thing well you have is... you have the penguin and you have carmine like halfway yeah, through yeah. i'm like wait which one is that like why am i trying to keep track of 400 characters that are all part of this giant bad guy scheme and which one's worse than the next guy i'm like right. come on like we don't need that that's not what this movie needs to be and i think you can make you can introduce uh the penguin you can introduce selena kyle slash catwoman and maybe even have Selena Kyle be, you know, a, a, I wouldn't say substantial, but, but an integral part of Bruce Wayne's life. Right. Uh, and then set that up for the next movies. But I agree with you. I think it's too busy there. That, that is again, trimming the fat. I think that would be the place to do it. But again, I, I really just think that 
for setting a tone and planting a flag. You know, it's funny. Batman Begins has some serious issues to it as well. Well, um, what's funny is it mirrors it mirrors this movie in in its flaws, because I think both movies have one extra subplot that runs twenty to forty minutes at the end of the movie that it doesn't need, yeah. and it yeah. hinders the movie. And they both made the mistake because they're like, I don't know if we're gonna get another movie. It's cramming all in here, and you're like, just stop it. The movie's good enough as it is. Don't don't overcomplicate it. And interestingly, the best part for me, anyway, the best part of Batman Begins is the beginning. Correct. Is his whole his whole journey and like going to the wherever the hell he is, Tibet or something, I don't know, where he gets into the fights and does the whole thing. Um, that's the best part. What I really can I can I interrupt you if we remember where you're yeah. going? Think about this, right? Because you like the fact that at the end of this movie, Batman didn't really win, but he kind of fixed. Imagine Batman begins when he I can't remember uh what when he when he defeated what he thought was Ra's al Ghul. Right. And you're like, okay, that's where the movie should end. And then this twist of like, oh, but by the way, I'm really raw. It's like, cool. Wouldn't that have been awesome to end on that? And you're like, he just beat Batman. And you leave it out there as like this nemesis that he's got to confront at a right? different time. Yeah. That would have been more interesting. You're like, whoa, there's the twist. Why spend 40 more minutes of him going to defeat him? You're like, well, then we don't need the reveal. Don't do the double. Like, right. <laughs> it's like you're adding stuff that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say about this movie, and I'm interested in your opinion on this, I thought it was really fascinating. Um, the opening part with the uh, the mayor, where you're looking through uh, these binoculars or whatever it is, and you're you're sort of spying on the mayor. It's a really I thought that was really fascinating. I'll never forget being in film school, actually, and, and having this professor saying, like, you know, we, we all did, uh, you know, short films. And he's like, why doesn't anybody do that anymore? Like, shoot something through either, like, a keyhole or, like, binoculars and all that stuff. And so I'm watching this, and I'm like, oh, there you go. Um, it's really interesting because doing that, setting that up, like, the, the sort of perspective from this, because you don't know who it is. Is it Batman? Well, like, that, you know, that's what was I thought was kind of interesting is I think everybody was like, please don't show me Batman's parents dying again. Like, right. You don't want to see that. And I felt yeah. like at first I'm like, oh, are they just are they trying to do this differently? And I'm like, I don't. But I'm like, well, Batman's already there. But then I'm like, this could be a flashback. And then, you know, once you realize, oh, it's not it. That's what keeps you engaged. It's like it's yeah. almost like a little yeah. trick. So I love that because it's kind of like. I know what all of you are thinking, so I'm not gonna wink, wink quick enough. But I didn't drag it out where you're like, okay, please. You know, it was it was like a proper gag that was executed really well, in my opinion. And what and I thought it was too, and I and it 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 made me, you know, because I thought of you. I was like, oh, you know, that's a really interesting thing to do with this highly anticipated movie. Every Batman movie starts the same way. Bad guys are doing something. Batman swoops in, kicks the hell out of everybody. Yeah, Batman's here, and this movie is sort of like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna change things up a little bit and throw you a curveball. And I just thought that worked well and 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 appreciated it. Um, so, Mike, we can finish up our discussion of the Batman just with this question. We've already touched it a little bit. 
Matt Reeves as director. Do you think this is the answer for DC in their, let's, let's be honest, we're, we're, the, the world is at war right now. Uh, DC is at war against Marvel. Is this the move? Do you think this is the right move? The reason I don't, I can't answer that question is because he wrote and directed it. And I don't know if the failings are more in the writing or if there's failings more in the directing and how closely tied together they are. Because again, if you look back at some of his movies, you know, movies like The Pallbearer with Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, mm -hmm. um, David Schwimmer. Now it's early in your career. Everybody's got weird movies at the beginning of their career, but you're kind of like, you know, it's not like there's certain people just kind of come out. Even like if you look at Christopher Nolan, he kind of comes out of the gate swinging. And even though some of his movies are better than others, you kind of know he's a phenom. Same thing with David Fincher, you know, almost right out of the gate, you know, he finds his footing and he's there. That's not Matt Reeves. So he's written a few, he's directed and written a few, directed some that were written by others. And I think his best work comes with the exception of The Last Planet of the Apes, he wrote and directed. Mm -hmm. But I also don't know how much of that, sometimes on those big ones, when you're on a tentpole franchise, they'll have other writers and they don't get credited and you don't really know. Ooh. And inter interestingly, on that movie, he got second writing going. Yeah. So well, on I, this one, he gets first. Yeah. It, it's hard for me to know. I, like I said, I still back the fact that they got a real filmmaker that has worked in the studio system and executed high quality stuff. I wouldn't bail on him. But I would I would have some I would have some studio meetings and ask some questions and make sure, you know, that we're in alignment on which parts need to be flushed out more versus not, and then turn him loose as long as the road's pointing in the way that all of us are so that, you know, he can't go down the wrong road, but I wouldn't get in his way once we're in alignment of where the North star is. Um, yeah. So that's a very soft answer to your direct question that I don't know how to answer. Well, it's interesting because we've talked about this before, but you know, with uh, uh, the Zack Snyder DC universe, um, you know, they, they said, okay, we're, we're giving the keys of the kingdom to Zack Snyder and are like okay he, and you know what Zack Snyder's a an acquired taste for some people he's, he's a very he's a very distinct style to his work um he's a modern day Tim Burton where you know he is yeah. what he is like I mean, he is what he apples is exactly. apples but it's like either you like it or you don't and that's just yeah it is. and what was interesting of course about those films which you know they broke even anyway um even with the marketing costs they let Snyder do Snyder until they didn't. Correct. And so all of those movies, and I've, I've, I, we're just talking about, so Batman versus Superman and Justice League are the two I'm talking about. Um, Batman versus Superman is infinitely better when you watch the director's cut. I mean, it's, it's night and day in how much better that movie is from what the studio wanted to see you to see and what Zack Snyder wanted you to see. Um, Justice League, of course, would be the famous Snyder cut. I mean, the Snyder cut is like light years better than Justice League. And so it's funny that DC has the impulse. They, they know intellectually, we have to turn this over to a quote unquote auteur who can put their print on this sort of thing and 
and they'll do it. But then I'm sure the suits get cold feet and they're like, no, 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 no. We got to get rid of this. We got to do that. We got to do this. And the Matt Reeves thing is interesting because they obviously gave him quite a lot of room to work because it's three hours. I mean, if they took this movie away from him, it's, it's an hour and 45 minutes. Oh, yeah. um, which, you know, we, I guess we could argue that that would make it better. Well, but... well here's, here's the thing is, again, I, I don't know what the conscious decision was, but obviously the pacing is really slow. Like when Batman's walking, it's slow. When they go from point A to point B, it's slow. And most of the time I was okay with that. It, it was almost like a horror movie where you're like, is something mm-hmm. going to happen? I'm not quite sure. But he took that to the nth degree. And the thing that stood out with me is near the end when uh, there's the bat in the cage and they realize there's a, a letter for Batman on top, the shot yep. of him opening up the cage, reaching in, grabbing that letter and taking it out was about 15 minutes too long. I don't know. Like, I don't know why they said, like, <laughs> just make sure when you're reaching in, just slow down like you're 108 years old and you don't have enough muscle strength. Like, I do not understand why that shot they slowed down to the way, you know, it wasn't slowed down, but obviously performed so slow. I'm like, you didn't need that. Like that didn't affect the pacing, but it just like, it felt like, what are you trying too hard? And there was just a few shots See, like that where it was in. And I'm like, I, I, don't I, like I get what they're doing in that particular scene. It doesn't work that they're building tension for something may happen with the bat. And the other part is that psychologically he's afraid of the bat, but it did. That didn't work. That wasn't well, they, I, that, that's debatable, but I'm just telling you. No, no, what because, it means, because right? they, what showed, they showed do. the bat, but then the bat wasn't in the shot with his hand going up to grab right. it. He just yes, looked yes. like he couldn't quite get in there quick enough to take it out. Yes. Like what it should have been. It should have been framed where the bat was there and he doesn't you know, like, you know, but it just it was things. just weird. Two things you could have done with that shot in particular, since we are experts on all things. Correct. Um, you could have shot it through a keyhole, making. and what else? <laughs> Shoot it through binoculars, through a keyhole. Oh my, yes. And then, no, here's what you do. He reaches in, and it gives you, Barry Anderson, what you want. You have a moment of levity, and gives me what I want. It gives me a moment of psychological insight, which is he reaches in, the bat jumps at him, and he jumps back. It's funny because all the cops are looking like, why is this guy afraid of a bat? He's Batman. Well, he's also and got then, like an armored suit that can block right, both. So it's like, it doesn't right. matter what the bat so does. It's, yeah. So it's sort of amusing. And he sort of gives a look and then he goes in and he grabs the thing. And what you right? could have you 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 had, had the guy that was yelling at the, you know, what is in essence, uh, Commissioner Gordon, like you're bringing this guy in. And when he jumps, he just looks at him like, seriously? Like he's right. afraid of the right. bat. And, and then yeah. it could be a moment of, you know, uh, Commissioner Gordon thinking to himself, like, am I making the right choice? Because there were some moments in there he's like, do I fully trust the Batman? And like, those are the moments that you can layer in there. And that's what I think the movie's missing. But, you know, it is what it is. Right. So final question on the movie is uh, cinematographer Greg Frazier, who he also did Dune this year. Um, he's done a bunch of, bunch of movies. Uh, did Zero Dark Thirty, Rogue One, uh, Lion, Vice, uh, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty impressive hitter. list. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of the cinematography of the film? 
I would liken it to what you just said. All of his movies are very competent, very high end, and they work. What I think he's missing is an X factor of like, he doesn't have a style or something that like elevates. I know when we talked about the Joker and I can't remember the DP's name, but we were both shocked. We're like, where did that come from? Because his movies right. were like comedy. I done nothing. He'd done nothing. And then suddenly, like the joke, if I show you a frame of the Joker, you know, immediately it's from the Joker. I think you could take a scene from this movie and you might think it's from a Christopher Nolan movie. You might think it's from a Tim Burton. Like you, it's not distinct enough where yeah. you're like, that is the look. So it's not that it's bad. It's just that it's missing the special sauce. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, uh, I, think I, might have, was... and I think it might've been a choice again, because a special sauce could have made it seem too comic book and not reality based. But that yeah. to me would have been the charge. I mean, like, fine, we'll make it not look comic booky, but still give me the magic sauce. Like, you know, force the creativity of like, what does that mean? What, what is that? And I don't know what it would be, and I'm not talented enough to do it. So I could just sit here right. and bash someone else who did a pretty fine job, but just not good enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought, um, much like with the fight scenes, I thought were a bit uneven for a variety of reasons, uh, including the choreography and the sound. Um, there were some shots I thought were, were fantastic in the film. Right. Just beautiful. And there were some that, again, like we're talking about, sequences where we're like eh, why that seems a little uh subpar that choice but um all right so batman bottom line with this movie barry where would you rate it what what, what sort of do you recommend it to people do you say it's a good movie bad movie how many stars are you giving it what are, what are we talking here barry i mean this is a movie that i would have to like know like most of my recommendations if someone is a marvel super fan and loves all marvel movies there's a good chance they're not going to like this movie mm -hmm. like yeah. so uh, i it would not be the first choice i would recommend if people are entering the batman universe um it's not at the end of the caboose of that train um, <laughs> I, I would say it's you know middle middle front but you know more or less in the middle of the batman franchise yeah well, I I agree with you in a sense. I like the movie much more than you did. I when I reviewed it, I gave it four out of five stars, which is is very high for me, as people know. Yeah, it, it is. I can be quite the bastard, um, but I think you're right in terms of. So, for instance, my sister is a fan of the Marvel movies, um, but I wouldn't recommend this movie to her. Like, right. I don't I don't think she would enjoy this. She would not. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, so everybody out there, you know, you're going to have to make your own decisions. If you're, look, if you're a comic book fan, you're going to see this movie anyway. So, well, as you should. If you're like every, the one thing I like about this movie is we've gotten in the world where everything's streaming and you're like, oh, did you see that series? Did you see this series? You know, Netflix just dumped another piece of crap movie with stars in it, but we're going to see it because it's like a new movie. This, like Spider Man, this is that water cooler that the world's missing. It's 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 bigger than everything else, and we need more of these because it is something that brings you know, kind of the culture and and humans together, and we don't have a lot of those these days. And I, I think that that's part of what's fueling the revenue right now. But I think that's where yeah. we're going to see the drop off that people go, and then they're like, well, that's not my favorite, and so it's just going to be kind of either negative or eh, you know, see it if you want. Yeah, 
And here, I, here's the final thing I'll say about it is that, like I said, I think it's better than Batman Begins. And as we had talked about, we just wanted it to be good enough to Correct. be there be a sequel. And it is. And so part of my excitement over the movie is anticipation of what number two will be. So, uh, so here, Matt Reeves. Here, here, here's made, my hold on, hold on. Yep. Matt Reeves made two Planet of the Apes movies. He made the second and the third. Um, the second one is okay. Yeah. The third one is, is spectacular. Yeah, I, I think we both thought that should have been a yeah. contender for Best Picture of the Year. That was an amazing. Yeah. Movie. And so I think like okay, he's made his first Batman. Christopher Nolan made his first. It wasn't it wasn't awful, but the leap to his second Batman movie was like, look out. And I just, I think, or at least I'm hoping that the same is true here, that the next one will be infinitely better. Um, and that's what I hope happens. So th that's, well, that's just me being me. For those that know us, we'll find just how humorous the situation finds ourselves in. Because <laughs> in nine out of 10 situations, I'm the person rounding up Yes, this is down. true, yeah. And this is yeah. the one out of 10 times where Mike is rounding up and I'm rounding down on the same subject. So I, I agree with you. This is movie is good enough to get a sequel, warrants a sequel, and I'm excited. My bigger fear is, is since I don't know kind of where the flaws are coming from, I don't know if there's as much of an uptick. And your mm -hmm. uptick now is going to be compared to The Dark Knight. Yeah. The yeah. pinnacle of the Batman franchise. So you have like right. it's a double whammy. Not only is it that, but then you're also going up against arguably the best comic book received critical box office, you know, memorable wise. That's a hard. Yeah. I mean, now you're like, good golly, there's like another mountain I got to climb. Right. And, you know, for me, part of why I'm probably uh, rounding up in this case is that I just have great sympathy for reasons that will go unsaid for psychopathic vigilantes who <laughs> go out at night and beat the hell out of people <laughs> oh, uh, people who know me know uh that's what i do quite, <laughs> quite often so now we're going to get into uh, we're going to do this real quick this is just going to be fun we're going to talk three things we're going to talk about who's the best batman ever who's the best batman villain ever and what is the best batman movie and we're going to just rank our top five which I have to say, I think I'm going to shock you with some of these. Now, here's my question. Are, are you using yes. any animated Batman movies or no? No. Okay. No, no I, animated, I no Lego. Yeah. Okay. Just because like, it's just too complicated. Yeah. The, you know? There's too it, many. And look, the Batman animated series is terrific. Yeah, it is. It's, it's great. Yeah. It's definitely worth watching. Uh, you should see it. I've never done the Lego things. Just, I, I, I just can't do it, but um, we'll see maybe going forward. So let's start off with who are you in order? Oh gosh. Who are your top five Batman? Batmans. <laughs> top five. Should I go first? Give you a second to, to yeah, collect yeah, yourself. Yeah, let's do that. Let's okay. do that. I'll go first. You are going to be shocked by this. I guarantee it. Okay. My top five Batman. Number one. George Clooney. He's the number one. Are you I'm joking? Kidding. Jo okay. I'm joking. I was like, I was no. like, dude, are you under mind control? What's happening right now? No, number one for me, easy. It's Christian Bale. He's the best Batman. 
uh, he's in the best Batman, you know, franchise. Um, he looks like he can kick somebody's ass. He's in great shape. Uh, he's a terrific actor. Bam. There he is. Number two for me, here comes the shocker. I'm going Robert Pattinson. He's the number two Batman. Oh, okay. Okay. Here's my problem with Robert Pattinson. Physically, he's not an imposing person. Uh, that's a major strike. Big plus for him. Very, very, as I said before, very vivid inner life. He's a terrific actor, and I thought he's terrific in this movie. Number three is might be an even bigger shocker for you. I'm a, I'm a guess. You're going to go yeah. with Al Kilmer. No, mm. although he's a dear friend of mine. No. Ben Affleck, number three. Whoa, best Batman. Whoa, whoa, and I'll whoa. tell you why. I've entered the alternate universe where someone kidnapped Mike you. and replaced him with someone else. Out of all the Batman, Ben Affleck, first of all, the fact that he's like salt and pepper in the movie, it, it works with uh, the source material. Yeah. He's sort of like an old Batman. He's also the only barrel-chested guy in the, in the whole history of the franchise, besides Bale, who you're like, oh yeah, I could see him beating the hell out of somebody. <laughs> like, he's in great shape for the role and he just carries himself barrel-chested. Number four, Michael Keaton. Um, I don't love Michael Keaton as Batman. Um, but I like him better than other people. I actually think he's sort of miscast. But Michael Keaton is a terrific, terrific actor. One of the best we have. Love him. And number five, one of my best friends in the entire planet, Val Kilmer. Uh, you know, he played Batman. So there you go. That's my top five. Go for it, Barry. Let's hear what you got. Yeah, I, I think I would definitely go with Bale. Bale, number one. I would say that, you know, I'd say that probably Val Kilmer, even though he only got one, I feel like him and Michael Keaton are split, but Michael Keaton gets the nod because he's he got a got a couple movies, but he's just had an interesting career. And I think that Val Kilmer, his popular stuff paints him more as a comic book, but some of Val Kilmer's better roles. I think he's one of the best actors ever to have graced the the cape. Uh, now, his movie wasn't the best of them. Um, then I'd say probably Robert Pattinson. And then uh, I just refuse. I refuse the DC, oh, the whole Snyder verse thing. I mean, I I just have such an affinity to the bat the Batman TV series. I might just throw Adam West in there as my All fifth. Right, that's fair. Just fair because enough. the other, the thing I like about Adam West is like he never apologized for what they did. They went and stuck with right. it, and it's yeah. like that's that's what it is. And you're like, that's that's pretty cool. So that, that's that's my list. So it's yours is Bale, Keaton, Kilmer, Pattinson, West. Yeah. Correct? Okay, fine. Now, this is a really, really, really tough, tough one. This is the best Batman villain. So. Like from source material or from a movie? No, from the movies. Got it. Okay. So the, the, the villain and who plays it, right? So here's, here's my list. <laughs> Uh, too funny. Um, number one, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Freeze. I know you're joking with me now. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I love it. There's no, no way Mr. Freeze. I'm joking. It's obvious who it is. Teeth Leather is jo Ledger is Joker. Um, no, you can't, when you can't. You can't put the other Joker from a non-bad. I was no. I was gonna no, but here's here, we're gonna debate this. 
We're going to debate it, but we'll debate it. We can do it now if you want. Go for um, it. Who's the better Joker, Heath Ledger or Joaquin Phoenix? Well, since they don't technically play the same character, right? Heath Ledger, but it's by the slimmest of margins. Yeah. I mean, uh, Joaquin did the origin story perfectly. Yes. And Heath Ledger, like, I think if Batman ran into Joaquin, he'd stomp all over Joaquin. <laughs> the, the way Joker was when he met Batman in the Dark Knight, that was mono e mono, and that's what you need by the time he meets Batman. So that's why I give the nod to to to. Yeah. Uh, I I would too. Although I'll say this, and I know it can't happen because it, the, the timelines don't work out and all these sorts of things. I would love to see joaquin's joker in the next the batman movie um what i would have loved to see that joker start to team up with the batman that hadn't come into his own so neither of them were at their power peak mm. and watch them making mistakes and kind of fumbling almost like an early romantic comedy before people are like smooth and suave it's kind of like kind right. of charmingly awkward that would be a movie i'd go see um okay so my number two best villain this might surprise you Tom Hardy is Bane. I think... Yeah. Here's, here's, we've talked about this. The problem with Dark Knight Rises and Bane is that the script undercuts him at the end Correct. with how and totally what... sells him out. Terrible. But prior to that, he is the baddest son of a bitch yeah, that Batman's I, ever come across. I agree. And he, he literally breaks Batman's back. Someone's got to go down with the plane, brother. He's so good. I love it. And I love Tom Hardy. I know you're not a fan, but he, he's uh, a great friend of mine and he's great as Bane. Number three, this might surprise you. I'm, I'm full of surprises today. Paul Dano is Riddler. I love it. I love the whole Zodiac killer vibe he's putting out there. The whole Unabomber routine. I'm a fan. I'd love to see Paul Dano and Heath Ledger's Joker or Joaquin Phoenix's Joker and Tom Hardy's Bane just like run rough shot over gotham i'd love to see it number four jack nicholson's joker it's uh jack nicholson i mean you know it's kind of funny that one of the great actors in hollywood history is so overshadowed by two other actors yes, <laughs> playing the correct. same role but it's not his fault i mean it, it's, it is what it is and number five this this is one from out there aaron eckhart it's two-faced um Mm. I would I argue think that's that's a stretch because he's he never really was he he became villainous for a short period of the film yeah. that obviously dealt a huge blow to Batman but I don't know if you could call him I don't know if he's it's like saying like hey that background extra that stole that scene they're like a <laughs> to the star of the movie I, I don't know about that. well that that's where I put him uh because yeah no that's just me those are my choices what do you got barry let's hear it uh well without a doubt heath ledger number one um i think uh i agree with you with bane is number two um and then my problem was the rest of them yeah. they're either interesting actors portraying them and or like the movie didn't set it up to be like a true villain. It's kind of like they were so campy that there was no stakes because it wasn't real. And what I want with the, the what I want in my 
arch villain is someone that I think can defeat or can run on par with Batman. And I don't think through the series, they have a ton of them. Um, I actually really liked, uh, you know, I like Danny DeVito's portrayal of the penguin, but it was a neutered role. So it's like, mm-hmm. do I give it to him because I like him as the actor. I, I actually think that the only person that I think kind of matched Batman from those original ones was um, Michelle Pfeiffer in her version yeah. of Catwoman. Yeah. I felt mm-hmm. like she was at the same step or a step ahead of Batman. But again, the role didn't deliver anything for her to do with that. So you're kind of like, I don't know. Um, and then, you know, it was so convoluted. I, did, I, I would lean to maybe Ra's al Ghul and having Liam Neeson, but because he had that whole split thing, it's a little bit awkward. And then, you know, Paul Dano squeaks in there. But I also, I actually kind of liked the performances of uh, Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones, even though the movie was oh, a good freaking Lord. train wreck. But I mean, it's what they ask of them. It's like, you know what I mean? It's right. like, you right. only get to play what the director <laughs> of the story says. So what is, what's your list? We have Ledger and uh, Tom Hardy, two who's three, then I would, five. I'd probably put Michelle Pfeiffer third. And then, then probably Dano and then uh, uh, Liam Neeson. Okay. All right. Now we got we got some lists going here. <laughs> He's like, you nuts. I don't agree with any of them, but that's okay. No, I don't. I mean, the Michelle Pfeiffer thing, I agree with. Um, solid performance, poorly written. Uh, you know, is what it is. Um, and Liam Neeson, yeah. He, I, he's part of why I like the, the opening of Batman Begins is because Liam Neeson's work. You know, yeah. It's good. All right. Final topic. We're just going to list these here. Our top five Batman movies of all time, in order. Do you want to go first or want me to go? You go first. All right. Number one, easy, Dark Knight. Come on. What are we doing? Great, great, great movie. Love it. I've watched it I don't know how many times. Can't get enough of it. It's phenomenal. So good. Number two, flawed movie. Okay. Flawed movie, Dark Knight Rises. Yep, that matches mine. Um, my biggest issue we've already talked about was how it sort of undermines Bane. Uh, I, really a cardinal sin, what it does there, but is what it is. Number three, might surprise you, The Batman. I knew you were coming in there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of this movie. I like it. Number four will absolutely shock you without question. Batman versus Superman. Zack Snyder in the house. Director's cut, everybody. Director's cut. Not that thing they threw on the theater. It's a goddamn director. Did, did you overlook the fact that Henry Cavill's in that movie? I did not. Henry Cavill's a good friend of mine. And I'm okay. not going to stand you bad-mouthing him. Well, I'm going to bad-mouth He's, he's the greatest Superman, Superman since the guy who did, Ugh. since Ben Affleck played the guy who played Superman in the TV show. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Whatever movie that was, and number five is tough because I gotta say I just I'm not a fan, but uh, the original Batman, the Tim Burton 1989 one, um, sort of batshit crazy movie. Uh, you know, it's not stylistically, it's not my thing. The aesthetic is not for me. Um, but you know, I, I like Nicholson. I like Michael Keaton. I don't particularly love them in the movie. 
and Prince does the soundtrack. So, you know, uh, those are three people that I'll throw my, my chips into their piles. So uh, that's my list. What do you got, Barry? I got the Dark, uh, the dark Knight. Uh, the yeah. Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. <sighs> then I think I would go Batman Begins. Really? Then the Tim Burton Batman. Oh, boy. Rounding out the top five, The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson. Okay. All right. Interesting. Now, are you a fan of, of the Burton ones? Um, like I said, when I first came out of it, I was like not prepared for what I had seen. Yeah. I I like like weird movies. Like, you know, I, I'm okay going into this like pseudo fake campy world. And yeah. he had great actors in the roles. You know, it's a stylistic choice that it's almost more fun to go back and watch now than it was back in 89. <laughs> It's almost right, like more right. fun now. Um, obviously, you wouldn't. I'm waiting for someone to take over the Batman franchise and do something closer to like the TV series or like Tim Burton's, where you go away and you're just like, let's just cut all ties with reality and find a fun, weird way to tell this story. Um, because I feel like you can only go so dark and so brooding for so long before you gotta like that bag's been tapped out. So I don't know if I would say I like them but they were well-made movies for what they were and what they were going for. And I think, I think you couldn't have made, you couldn't have come off the Batman TV series, which I didn't realize was as big of a hit because I was, it was before I was born, but that really burned in Batman to the psyche of America. And I don't think that pre-internet, all that, I don't think you could have went straight to the comic book darkness without a Tim Burton intermediary. So I think, he doesn't get enough credit for allowing superhero movies like this to exist. I don't think Nolan could have came along and, you know, done it first out of the gate the way he did without Tim Burton. So I think we all owe, if you like any of the modern Batmans or Joker, uh, Tim Burton has a very high perch on the, you know, those that made it happen list. Um, I saw a thing today. Um, that's a, at one point in the 80s, there was a Batman, you know, this is before Burton. There was a Batman that was greenlit. They were ready to go. Directed by Ivan Reitman, which would have starred Bill Murray as Batman. And is this for real? For real, yeah. And Murray was the one who backed out. That literally just um, moved up to number two Batman movie in the history of Batman <laughs> movies. I don't care if it was genius or if it was a dumpster fire, but Ivan Reitman and Bill Murray in a Batman movie, I would literally shell out so much money to see that movie. It's it's absurd. And I have no uh, idea if it would have been in. Oh, here's the other good part. So Bill Murray would have played Batman and Robin would have been played by Eddie Murphy. That's what it says. I want to go in the multiverse where this movie exists. Can we please... Someone call Doctor Strange and make that happen. That would have been, I have no idea if any of that would have worked, but boy, oh boy, would that have been something special. <laughs> some, some Can you special. imagine how different cinema history would be if that what? movie was made? Wildly different. Like, wildly. And think about Bill Murray at the time and Ivan Reitman, of course, Ghostbusters, all that huge movie star. Eddie Murphy's the biggest movie star in the world at the point, at this point. Um, 
you know, and the fact that he'd be playing Robin is, is sort of uh, interesting. Um, yeah, that's what it says. Boy, anything, anything I could have done. Oh, here it is. Here's, here's a quote from Bill Murray, too. This makes sense. I talked to Eddie Murphy about it, and Eddie wanted to play Batman. <laughs> that's as far as that conversation went. <laughs> Eddie, I don't want to be the boy wonder to anybody. Maybe much earlier when I was a boy, but it was too late for that piece. Also, I couldn't do the outfit. Eddie looks good in purple, and I look good in purple. In red and green, I look like one of Santa's elves. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, man. That would have been great. Yeah. Good old good times. All right. So we have discussed the Batman. We've not discussed all things Batman. And I think we've come to the end of our road. With this This has been an epic uh, podcast. Well, I, and, Maybe I, the most epic. And I think what I'm trying to ascertain is it's not, I don't want to come across in the criticism that it's not a good movie. I just think that like the way I pick apart other movies of, you know, it needs to, there needs to be a set of standards and this movie mm-hmm. didn't hit all the standards and that's what I'm picking apart, but not saying that, you know, it's worthless or it's a bad movie. It's just, I'm disappointed that I feel like there were things in play to make this even better than it was. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. super bummed that I would love to see this movie done the way it could have been. Um, but I'm, you know, I was happy to see the movie that it is. But boy, oh boy, I hope that the step between this one and the next one is on par of an exponential growth between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. I don't need it to be The Dark Knight, but I want to see that growth where you're like, oh, this story, this is coming together. This is someone that found their footing and is comfortable in this universe. Right. I agree. I agree. Um, again, I liked it more than you, but yeah, I, I, it had more potential in it than it uh, put out. I still would love to see David Fincher do a trilogy of Batman oh, movies. That would, that would, that's, <laughs> that's second only to the Ivan Wright and Bill Murray. Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah. What would be great is that if, uh, if you know, Bill Murray still, if he played Batman now, at his age now. Dude, if I mean, Ben Affleck playing an old, like, Bill Murray? Just imagine. Oh, take my money now, please. (laughs) Please. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to our very special uh, Bat Pod. We appreciate it, and we'll see you next time at the movies.